You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Alter Echo. This is our podcast for the weekend of May 13, 14, and 15 of 2022. I'm aware that in Minnesota, this is the fishing opener weekend. We're not going to talk about fishing at all, though Jesus, of course, uh, takes us into all kinds of stories about fishing and fishermen and fisherwomen, and uh, it's uh, a beloved theme for us for sure. We have been experiencing some wild spring and early summer type uh, weather. Tornadoes last night through the Twin Cities metro area. I think there might be another batch lined up to come through tonight as well. So I hope that if you're listening to this, you have been able to stay safe and haven't incurred damage. Uh, But we do pray for all those who had trees fall over their homes and cars and all kinds of damage done last night and and, uh, in these days. We will hold each other in prayer. And this is partly uh, at the heart of our theme today. Here's what I'm going to do today, everyone. I'm going to read a big chunk from Acts 16. So if you take out your Bible, turn to Acts 16, and then I'm going to crystallize it around some images that I'm going to put up on the wall here at church that I'm going to describe to you. So in the beauty of an old radio show, perhaps, we simply almost close our eyes and take it all in. And I am going to tell people on Sunday that I really want them to internalize this, that this is a this is a spiritual journey and pursuit that we're taking on Sunday and then now today in our hearing and listening to this as well. But this is the way that the Holy Spirit does infuse us and take us to places God wants us to go. So, in Acts 16, verses 11 through 40, here we go. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Theatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed Paul and us, She would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days, but Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone. (laughs) They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. 
when they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. The jailer called for lights, and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. When morning came, the magistrate sent the police, saying, Let these men go. And the jailer reported the message to Paul, saying, The magistrates sent word to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul replied, They have beaten us in public, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. And now, are they going to discharge us in secret? Certainly not. Let them come and take us out themselves. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. After leaving the prison, they went to Lydia's home, and when they had seen and encouraged the brothers and sisters there, they departed. Dear friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm just going to go to one place at the end of this reading. It's when the magistrates in the city of Philippi and the police discovered that Paul and Silas had been beaten unjustifiably and imprisoned unjustifiably. They were Roman citizens. They weren't doing anything wrong. And doesn't it sound like they were beaten and imprisoned unjustifiably anyway? You know, they were proclaiming the word of God. But, of course, that was against the word of Caesar but what I wanted to point out is that the magistrates and the police came and apologized to them. Hmm. Would that happen today? Would we even expect and, and sadly even hope that that would happen today? Huh. We live in a time when apologies are awfully hard to come by. 
Some kids are even taught not to apologize because it makes them look weak. My goodness. The Bible takes us to a different place, everybody. And that's where we're going today. God's Word opens our eyes to things that we cannot or do not or do not want to see ourselves. And remember that when God opens our eyes, God is always opening our eyes to both truth and the gospel. Everything good that is good for us, too. All right, listen to this song. I think you'll probably know it. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, do. I'm half crazy over the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage. But you'll look sweet upon the seat of a bicycle built for two. Uh, you know that song. It's an oldie. 1892. That song came out in England. It was about a couple in the royal family. I've got a picture on the wall at church this weekend of a couple, a man and a woman, riding a tandem bike, a bicycle built for two. And here's where I want to take you, just with this image in your head. Close your eyes and, and listen and take it in. I'm going to give you some images today, and then let's wrap this, maybe in some of the truth of this story today. Just think about four feet, four legs on a bicycle built for two, working in tandem, just fluidly moving together, needing to stay together because when one pedals, the other pedals as well. And that's how the bike is propelled. And think about that song and maybe thinking about, think about the harmony that those two people experience very differently than if they were just riding a bike by themselves. Even if they were riding their own bike together, it's different. But think about what it takes to be together that way, to be in partnership with each other, to make that bike really hum along, and to, to experience the joy of that. These two people in this picture have big cheek-to-cheek -cheek smiles on their faces as they're going down the road. They're a little bit of an older couple, and you can tell that they are finding another angle on their love for each other. The next image is the image of a rowing team. If you were thinking about a rowing shell or a skull or a crew team, this is what it is. These are four women. They've all got their sunglasses on. They're all sitting lined up one after the next, one right behind the next, four of them. They've got their eight oars. They're focused. They're pulling all in the same direction. They're making that rowing skull just glide along the water. And the harder they pull and the more they pull in unison, the more they pull in the same direction, the faster they go. And the straighter they go and the, the more effectively they accomplish their goal from getting from start to finish. But there's this beauty of four people. It's getting more complicated here. Four people working together, sensing each other's movements, caring about one another, needing to be really aware, not just of their own breathing and strength and energy and, I suppose, feeling exhausted at points too, but needing to be there for each other not just with each other, and working together. The uprising of partnership. Think about the partnership it takes 
to win that race or just be in that race together. The next image on the screen is the University of Minnesota marching band. It's just this great image of the drum major in the middle of the horn sections, and they're marching toward one side of the bleachers at now Huntington Bank Stadium on the campus of the U. And all of the players in that marching band have the exact same foot in the air while the other foot is planted on the ground. They're moving and they're marching and they're moving to their next formation while they're playing their instruments. Think of the partnership. Think of what it takes, how complex this is for there to be multiple in instruments in that band, each listening to each other so that they stay in tune, so that their, their levels of volume and, and, and things like this and intensity are in a place where one section isn't drowning out another. And then all the while that they're doing this, they're moving in tandem as well, keeping straight lines as straight as can be. I'm, I'm fascinated by what it takes, by how complex it is that a marching band, when you're watching from up above and you see this, this, this thing happening and changing and moving, how complex that is for everything to work together so that the right sound is created, the right movements happen, and the formations all of a sudden come about from one thing to the next. It's remarkable. Think about the awareness, the sensitivity, the care, the, the openness that's needed so that each person in that marching band is taken far beyond their individual selves. And what is created is multiples upon multiples more than what one person could ever do just on his or her own. The complexity is getting bigger. The final picture that I have on the wall this weekend is of a large crowd. It looks to be 500 or more people on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, Mobile, Alabama the site of bloody Sunday, the site of, of bloody civil rights battles back in the 60s. These people are current, contemporary, black, white, brown, all nationalities, all races, and they're walking hand in hand. There's a woman in a wheelchair even in the front line, and they're marching for justice. They're marching for peace. They've come from probably every corner of the country, bringing every complex dynamic and, and set of circumstances that each of those people brings. And they've melded themselves together into one movement, one voice, one big, huge partnership. There's strength in numbers, yes, but this is, this is a strong heart of a group. And it's a heart of a group that seeks peaceful relationships between peoples, that seeks equality, that seeks a non-tiered way of living. No hierarchies of people um, looking down on others or, or looking up from below just wishing someone would notice them. These are all kinds of people, Americans, together seeking a better life seeking a bigger vision, 
having eyes open to something that we truly not just desire but need and yearn for. And they're doing it together because this is the only way that that can come about. We can't live solitary lives. We far overestimate our own individual selves. We've become so selfish and self-centered. Partnership doesn't allow for that. You can't have a partnership with an individual who is self-centered. It's all about her or him. And so here is a is a picture, an image of something so complex, so good, so big, because it has to be in order to help us move toward God's vision of a society that is just and filled with equality and love for one another. This is what's happening in the stories here. Paul and Silas are holding out for people who are dividing people from each other, who are unjustly treating each other. They're holding out for a grander vision of singing psalms and hymns and prayers to God and bringing people to faith, bringing them up, lifting them up into a partnership of faith in Jesus Christ that calls us to a higher way of living. I do have two more images on the wall for this Sunday. One of them is the image of Bega Qua Bega. It's our companionship, accompaniment model of global mission with our partners partners in Tanzania. Bega Kwa Bega means shoulder to shoulder. We work together and we walk together side by side around the globe. Is this kind of vision in your heart? Is this in your perspective? Is this in your way, your modus operandi of doing things? Well, I also have the word synod we are in the St. Paul area synod of the ELCA. Synod means same road. It means traveling the same road together. All of us congregations are in this work of ministry together. We can't be solitary. We can't be self-centered. Ministry doesn't allow for that. And God's hope for us for our lives doesn't allow for us to be solitary, self-centered individuals. Finally, I have a picture of seven women who are here today at church, actually. They're still here quilting, and they're standing around the tables working together, their hands working on different parts of the quilt. But by the time the day is done, that quilt will be done, and it will be given to somebody who needs it to stay warm. Partnership, an uprising of partnership, of people not just being compelled to work together, but desiring to work together because this is the model God creates for us and draws us into, invites us into, and energizes us to do and be. Go back to Acts 16, verse 14. It said, The Lord opened Lydia's heart. This is what this gospel is about today. It's about opening our hearts to things we cannot see by ourselves God is far beyond us, but God opens our hearts to go with him and to see where God wants us to go. The good news today is that God doesn't want us to function alone, but to thrive in the company of God's beloved people. This is the vision for our congregation on this new member Sunday weekend, ironically. And this is the vision for our work together as a congregation, as a synod, and as human beings I hope this seed that is planted, these new eyes that are opened in you today, grows like crazy 
so that you feel the enormous energy of being part of God's burgeoning call to partnership with all of God's people in this world. I can't wait to be doing more of this together with you, dear friends. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.